Here I am on, on the, the road, road again. again. Ah. There I go upon the stage. Ah. There I go. Turn the page. Ah. Let's hit it. to win ugly. Winning ugly gets you to this point. Takes the snap on third down. Rodgers waits, throws, right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. It's going to be a good week for the Green Bay Packers. Getting a chance to move on. One more to go. We'll talk to you next week. And we'll talk to you tonight, everybody. So we found our way around copyright. And that is just, I guess, me and Zach have to sing every time to open the oh show. Oh, my God. I guess too bad we chose a different title by this point. So we kind of screwed that one up. So everybody, welcome to the Illusion of Complexity episode number two. We are locked and loaded and ready to go. You guys liked us enough that we decided to come back for a second week. We didn't get booed off the stage. So it didn't feel like uh, B-Rabbit from 8 Mile where we just stood here and froze. It was a... <laughs> It was a fun one last week. Unfortunately, uh, the first game we did was one of the shittiest performances the Packers <laughs> have had in recent memory. So this is what we have. I am Jacob Westendorf. I am live here from the Game On Wisconsin studios. I will be host for you this evening and every week here on the Illusion of Complexity. And I am joined by the unmatched Aaron Alice. Aaron, you have some exciting weeks coming ahead. I guess you had a pretty exciting week kind of in general going on. So have you slept at all? Um, I've slept a little bit, um, but yeah, my, my sister is expecting a baby. So just kind of waiting around for that. She's like in labor right now. So yeah, yeah. Exciting stuff. So, so we're waiting it, on baby Zedarius is what I'm assuming the, the child's name will be. At least that's what I'm going to yeah. suggest to your sister sure. who I'm sure is listening that I've never met, mm -hmm. but she should take my input anyways. And of course we also have Zach Jacobson, who I described as a tolerable enemy earlier and i thought that was a pretty good description <laughs> so zach how are we hanging tonight good uh my nerves are a little calm now since i was worried that i was gonna mess it up jacob wouldn't tell me by the way <laughs> how that intro was gonna happen so it was just a complete surprise i had to just i had to make sure i had the lyrics down and everything and it was a total surprise you know opening with my voice and me impersonating james hetfield maybe that's not good because it's probably gonna scare listeners away and keep them from listening. That might but, be, but I don't know. I thought if, that was fantastic. I was really scared because I didn't know what was about to happen and it just kind of happened, but it was good. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> like it just, it just, it just happened. You, but you were great though. You picked it up. You were like, Oh yeah. Just like went back to your middle school self, <laughs> <laughs> your middle school cover band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to the glory days, Jacob. Thank you. So next week we'll either do uh for whom the bell tolls since that's a Jamal Williams favorite, or we'll do uh all three of us. We can do Bohemian rap Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. So I'm just going to point to each of you when I want you to speak. So that's, that's what we're going to go. With. I, I thought it would be good too. Speaking of Jamal Williams, uh, gotten to, I don't want to call it hot water. He did assure me that he wasn't in any trouble. So that was good to know, <laughs> but, uh, Patriot fans and Brady fanboys, they just suck. And you know, my dad gave me a word for it. He calls them mass holes. 
yeah, mass asses, mass holes. I've heard those before too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, having been through Boston a couple different times, uh, I've been to Fenway Park and pissed on it <laughs> once. So, uh, as a diehard New York Yankees fan, I've been by Fenway Park once and I was in eighth grade and my uncle let me pee on the back of it. I have no idea how there were no cops or like people walk. Cause I'm right in the middle of a freaking baseball stadium, post nine 11 world, like all that kind of stuff too. So you'd figure security was heightened, but here I am just pissing away on the back of the green monster. It was awesome. It was, it was a win. My, yeah. One of my prouder moments there. So <laughs> Brady fans suck. And you know, that's unfortunate. The Tampa Bay, you know, so we'll wrap that up. We'll put a little bit of a bow on that guys. Just, what's the level of disappointment? You know, what are your just final thoughts, general thoughts? And we don't want to spend too much time on this, obviously, but Zach, just some general thoughts on how the game in Tampa Bay went down. You know, I think we saw a lot of, we saw a lot of what happens when they don't have someone executing the whole jet sweep, the pre-snap motion stuff that Tyler Irvin was doing. And, you know, a lot of people have pointed this out. They were doing some of that pre-snap motion stuff. They were just, really limited with what they were doing uh you know tight ends were moving around aaron jones was moving around but there wasn't that perimeter to perimeter stuff that they were doing for, for the first quarter of the season that they were doing that they were using to exploit some of the matchups and and you know get what they wanted before the snap and you know that made their offense really one-dimensional outside of those first two drives where they went up 10 nothing so really for that most of that game they just kind of just kind of buckled in and we saw their offense kind of like revert back. I made this comparison earlier today on uh today being Wednesday. Uh I made the comparison on open book. They looked like the 2018 offense under Mike McCarthy, his last year. They just looked really lethargic and stale and just boring. And that's a huge testament to the Tampa Bay defense because they they just closed in around Aaron Rodgers. They dominated the Packers offensive line for the most part and they they just they had a, a field day pretty much probably their best game of the year and the Packers weren't prepared for that and losing Tyler Irvin was a big reason why the offense really couldn't formulate any kind of rhythm any kind of chemistry and that's really just why things happened the way they did and of course Aaron Rodgers two interceptions didn't help either yeah I I thought that the team kind of went in. first of all thank you for shouting out open book that's Wednesdays at five o'clock on game on Wisconsin for those of you guys that aren't familiar with that we have Zach Jacobson, of course, and Eli Berkovitz. And I still have to go yell at Eli a little bit for some of his takes on Mike McCarthy. So I don't know if he brought that up to you or not, but I was kind of barking back at him a little bit. So he never responded to me. So I don't know if he was one of those, like he just said it and then saw what I had to say and didn't care to say anything back. But Eli, if you're listening, let's go, man. I'll go round for round with you if I need to on on Coach Mike. I'm happy to do that if we need to. But fight, 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 fight. (laughs) Don't encourage them. What's wrong with you? That's one of my co-hosts, and then one of my. Oh, I was gonna say best friends, but I hate you. So tolerable enemies. So there you go, guys. My thought is the team kind of went into shell shock with after the pick because I mean you know it's we've been watching Aaron Rodgers play now for 12 years, and it's still to me anytime he throws an interception, it's almost like what. Whereas, you know, Mm -hmm. with Favre, when we were growing up, it's like we almost came desensitized to interceptions. Like when the ball went in the air, you know, it was like 50-50 chance that it's to our guy or one of their guys. Rodgers isn't like that. So he throws the pick six, and I'm like, okay. uh, I don't know what just happened. And then the rest of the offense, it almost looked like they were just like in shell shock for the rest of the game. So I can tell that this team is really close together. Aaron Rodgers has basically said we need to move on. You know, we need to be one and zero in Houston. Devontae said the same thing. Jamal Williams said the same stuff to us on his show. 
the other night. So that was a nice little thing for everybody to kind of just see and have them on. That's how you can always tell that a team is close together. Aaron, obviously you were pretty confident going into the game and it didn't work out clearly. I mean, I was confident as well. I'm not pretending I'm not, but I know that you were pretty vocal about you were confident on being able to beat Tampa Bay. My question for you is, do you think this loss would be perceived a little differently if Chicago had not beaten Tampa Bay 10 days prior? Like say Tampa Bay came into that game at four and one instead of three and two. Is this talked about differently? Maybe, I mean, maybe the, maybe the final score being 38 to 10 didn't help, but do you think it's a little different just because Tampa had just come off maybe their worst performance of the season? Um, as a Chicagoan and all the crap, I've all the shit that I've taken this week. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just talking from, I'm talking from bears fans perspectives. They're like, Oh, you couldn't beat them. And we did. Um, but I, I don't think that that has anything to do with the national media, um, or kind of how I feel. I mean, if you watch the, the bucks there, they were not playing. I mean, just their play styles were completely different versus the bears and the Packers. I mean, maybe they did what we did. Maybe they came in really comfortable and kind of thinking, Oh, we're going to beat the bears. And then the bears were like, no. And it's just kind of this ripple effect that Tampa Bay is like, Oh, we got comfortable or we really thought we were going to beat them. And now we got to like make a statement. And they did because I mean, they were disruptive. I mean, that defense credit to them. I mean, not as much, I don't give as much credit to the Tampa Bay offense. I just don't think that they were outside of really Ronald Jones. I didn't really feel like anyone was playing out of their minds. Um, I just think our defense wasn't performing, um, but their defense came, they showed up and that was just kind of scary <laughs> to watch, you know, this offense that we've been touting and we're saying like, Oh, they're unstoppable. Like how do you beat them? And then seeing them just get picked apart. It was, it was like a train wreck. Like more than that, a train wreck that fell off the rails and hit a town or a school or a hospital. Like it was just that's how bad it was. It was like just it it was just a complete beatdown and ass kicking. Yeah, and it was. And like Aaron Rodgers said on, you know, in his press conference, and he's repeated it a couple different times this week. Maybe it was the kick in the ass the team needed. I don't understand because this has been talked about before how the team just kind of starts to feel themselves to use their phrasing a little bit after they win. And that's good. You want the confidence obviously, but I don't know. It just feels like something where, and this is a player's thing. This isn't something Matt LaFleur needs to fix. These players are professionals, but you know, this is something you hope it's a bounce back game this week into Houston. Something I do want to address real quick is the discussion, you know, Aaron brought up the, the national media and you've got your shock jocks that have come in and anytime that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are involved, it's going to involve a few things. So I must ask very simply, Roger, do we need to continue to put Bayless and Cowherd and Clay Travis and people like that into our timelines? No. There you go, guys. I promise you don't have to retweet that shit. Like it doesn't need to come out. You don't need to talk about Aaron Rodgers does not care if you defend him to those people because he does not care about those people at all. Mm -hmm. Doesn't pay attention, doesn't watch. He wouldn't say Skip Bayless's name when they asked him about it years ago. He just calls him the shock jock guy from first take. Now it would be the shock jock guy from Undisputed. So we don't need to talk about those guys. We don't need to defend Aaron Rodgers every time somebody says something negative about him. It just is what it is. People are going to find stupid things and say them. And it just is what it is. And that's fine. And you know what? I'll add one more. Dov Kleeman is that way too. Apparently he is taking the position as Tom Brady's agent and that's fine. He can do that. Uh, he's wrong. And 
that's okay. You know, we'll just, we'll just kind of move on from that. But I mean, in terms of, it was not anything at all to see, of course we get after the game is over, people are going through and the ESPN, the Jamal Williams quote, I'm sure you guys all saw it, ESPN and Bleacher Report and NFL Network and all that stuff and just flooded, flooded with Brady fans. Oh, there's a big surprise. That's an incredible, I think I'm going to have a heart attack and die from that surprise. Brady fans. <laughs> Are, I love that video so much. <laughs> you're getting a lot of mileage out of that video. Brady fans are, a, yeah, I got to retire that one. Brady fans are a plague. Oh, oh, oh yeah, don't retire that. No, don't retire. No, I just got to find something. Either of them. Before we transition, I do want to tell you guys a little bit. Let's hear from a word from our sponsors, Mayfield Sports Marketing. Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams. Mon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Those are our friends over at Mayfield Sports Marketing, the premier sponsor for the Jamal Williams show on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m., Game on wi.com, Game on Wisconsin on YouTube, Game on Wisconsin on Facebook and Instagram. Check us out there. If you want to book your next autograph signing or motivational speaking engagement, contact Mayfield Sports Marketing today. And that includes Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and some of the other players mentioned in there. And there's more. So check out their website. There are more people there than the ones that we just mentioned in our little bit there. Guys, I want to move to our next little topic here. And that is about some news. I call it news kind of tongue in cheek, I guess. I don't really know what the right phrasing is on that, but Randall Cobb had his press conference today. And this is the second time Randall Cobb will have played against the Packers. And they asked him what it was going to be like playing against his old team. And if it was weird and you know, the basic questions that you ask somebody who's playing against their old team again and everything like that. And they again got into transitioning into asking Cobb if he might be traded. And Cobb basically said that he bought a, you know, he had a three-year contract. He thought he was going to be here for the long haul. He bought a house, all that sort of stuff. And he then at the end gave a small nugget that basically said, I did have a conversation today, so we'll see what happens. That small conversation very well could have been like, Hey, this team, it could have been like, Hey, the Cowboys called and Mike McCarthy wants you back. I don't know why the Cowboys would do that, but I mean, that's beside the point. Or it could have been, you know, something very simple. Hey, we're fielding calls. Anything's possible. Just remember that. It could have been very as simple as that. But then right after that, Aaron Rodgers talks about how he loves Randall Cobb, dynamic player, everything like that. Let's get into this a little bit. Is this something at all, Aaron, that you would entertain the idea of maybe bringing back Cobb to boost a receiving core? That, or do you think the receiving core doesn't even need a boost? That's certainly possible. Can you hit the Roger clip real quick? Oh, I sure can. No. No. Um, 
Nothing personal against Cobb. Love what he did, especially as a Chicago Packers fan. He has helped me win some bets against the Bears. Um, but God bless you, Chris Conti. Yeah. Yes. And um, I, you know, and I appreciate all that. And he's, you know, great player. Seems like a great guy, but there are a lot of holes on this like roster and wide receiver. They have proven that wide receiver is not one that they need outside of this past week. Our offense has been the top performing offense in the entire league without Devontae Adams for a couple games. Um, a wide receiver would not have fixed what happened in Tampa Bay. <laughs> that would not have made any difference. Not to mention, I think what his contract is like $7 million this year. That we don't need that. If we're going to spend money and assets, it needs to go to defense. That, you know, that that's just the end of it. That's So, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> I love Cobb, but... I can't do the nostalgia thing. I, yeah, that's something yeah. I want to bring to the table here too, because obviously the one of the points that everybody seems to bring up anytime we start talking about pass catchers is, oh, Aaron Rodgers likes him. Ugh. And what are your what are your thoughts on that? Me? Yes. I, this is not a team is not run through the quarterback. He's not the GM. And if 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 we if, if Goot listened to Rogers, Kumaro would still be on the team. Literally the week that Rogers was talking about how great Kumaro was, it was like the day before. The next day, Kumaro was cut. I mean, this is not Aaron Rodgers' team. As much as I know people like to say that he runs everything and we'd be nothing without him, but he, he's a quarterback. He's not a general manager. So, I mean, and if we made all of these decisions based on Aaron Rodgers, we'd be paying a lot of wide receivers and nobody would be on defense because that's not, you know, what Aaron Rodgers, you know, is thinking that he needs. It's it's yeah, about the team, not the quarterback. Yeah. And the receivers would be Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones, <laughs> right. you know I mean, <laughs> Kumaro and Devontae Adams. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just, yeah, there's, there's value from the coaching staff from the input of the quarterback. Cause obviously he might see some things and they talk about it being a partnership and all this stuff, but the general manager and the team building standpoint, you made a great point. The, the front office clearly, does not care what Aaron Rodgers thinks about player personnel. And that's not his job. His job is to, he said it before mm -hmm. too. His job is to play quarterback yep. and he can stump for people. That's fine. I don't have a problem with him doing that. That's him being a good teammate. That's him being a good friend. That's him being, you know, whatever. But overall, Aaron Rodgers doesn't enter the thought process with bringing Cobb back. Now in a vacuum, I think, it does make at least some sense just because it's a reliable second set of hands. And when you're talking about bringing somebody in, if the Packers were to make an outside addition at any position, let alone receiver, they need to come in and basically be ready to go right away because it's an eight or nine game rental, if not less, mm -hmm. depending on when they acquire him, obviously. And having Cobb as somebody who already knows how to play with Aaron Rodgers would be something that could be helpful. Now you mentioned the salary reasons and all that stuff. That's why ultimately I don't think it's something that'll happen, but if the Texans want to give him away, it's worth considering. Now I'm with mm -hmm. you though. I would say if, if they are going to be trying to acquire something at the deadline, I, I would hope it's a, a defensive lineman or 
maybe another mm-hmm. safety or a linebacker, just something on the defensive side of the ball. Cause I don't think if this team loses in the playoffs, that offense is going to be the reason Zach, you are other than Michael Clark. I think Randall Cobb might be your favorite player. And I'm joking of course, when I say that, but uh, <laughs> a little bit, at least, but Trevor Davis is up there. Trevor Davis. Yeah. That's we great. Were one of like three, <laughs> you and I, two of the three people in the Trevor Davis fan club, the other being Trevor's mother. Um, <laughs> What are your thoughts on the potential of just this story? Obviously we're extrapolating a little bit, but because clearly this could go nowhere and Cobb could just be like, we like we mentioned at the beginning, this could, this could have no legs to it at all, but it's fun. Right? So what are your thoughts on potentially bringing back Cobb? Well, I like that you mentioned the whole rental thing because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about, Oh, bring John Ross in. He could be the jet sleep guy. Do this and that. You know, get get, get someone on the outside. You know, just some, some someone guy. He's fast. You know what? I'm going to stop Can you right there. Can you talk like second. that forever? <laughs> Number one, you need to do the rest of the show in that voice. Two, it's funny to me talking about John Ross because people are like, oh, he's fast. And it's like he could run routes. I'm like, Marcos Valdez scaling. I'm like, can he or is he just a fast guy who happens to play for another team? Therefore, you think he's better than the one we already have. He is fast. That is it. Other than that, he's not really good. Zach Taylor is like friends with Matt LaFleur too. Don't you think it might matter that Matt LaFleur's friend thinks that John Ross is not playable? That's a good point. Yeah. They're yeah, not, if- not playing him for no reason. It's not like they're like, oh, right. like that- get that dude. He could sit on the bench. It's like, no, he was a ninth overall pick. They want him to play. You mm-hmm. get every benefit of the doubt possible when you're a first round pick. Yeah, exactly. If Matt LaFleur, is, if Matt LaFleur sees that his friend isn't getting any use out of him, then I doubt he's going to be like, "Oh, you know what? I, I'm going to get, I'm going to get that guy. Give me him. I want to make some use out of him." <laughs> the uh, voices of Zach. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm getting too into character here. But with Randall Cobb, yeah, like you said, he has that familiarity with Aaron Rodgers. He has that chemistry as opposed to someone who isn't familiar, someone who they would just kind of maybe claim off a waiver or someone who they would, they would initiate a trade with who would need some time to get adjusted to Matt LaFleur's offense, the system. He would need to, you know, get his duties under his belt. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he would not, he would need to figure out what he's going to do. You are a child. <laughs> My oh, goodness. Really, you want me to get through the jokes that you guys are making before the show on a weekly basis? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking everybody, about. Everybody, everybody don't be fooled by these two. Okay. They're sick. <laughs> If it's not recorded, it didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Okay, well then we'll edit what I just said. It's out. like it's like the Joe Buck hot <laughs> mic that was recorded, so it did happen, right? The mic wasn't hot at that point, so it didn't happen. All right, whatever. All right, anyways. <laughs> By the time this this guy is ready to play, it'll be December. It'll be January. It'll be pointless. Randall Cobb being commanding a tribute right away. Aaron Rodgers on in his Wednesday media availability, he was talking Cobb up. Like a, a lot, he was talking about that Cobb is like Cobb is probably one of the most polished receivers that he has played with as far as like route concepts go. He has a better understanding of any of the receivers that he's played with. You know, he's one of the toughest receivers that he's played with. He was just talking him up, and I saw that tweet from from Aaron Wilson about how you know Cobb had that conversation after practice, and then I read a story after that about how Deshaun Watson gathered some of the players after practice and said nobody was going to be traded. So I'm assuming those two are connected and maybe some of the Texans receivers aren't up for sale, but that could also change if the Packers really put a licking on them this weekend in Houston. So 
yeah, they could be playing for more than just a win this Sunday. You know, they could just kind of put the Texans into fire sale mode, make them want to get rid of some of their players. Well, keep in mind, Bill O'Brien isn't <laughs> running the team. We can't give them, you know, a bag of Doritos for Cobb. And that's the thing too. You can't take advantage <laughs> of their incompetence anymore. You know, yep. and that yeah, and that goes into kind of you know the team that they're facing this week too. You know, it's it's not the same Texans team that was there weeks one through three or one through four or whatever. You know, they put a they they beat the Jaguars. They took the Texans uh, the Titans into overtime. The undefeated Titans. You know, this is a good football team. So, yeah, that's about it. Speaking of bags of Doritos, guys, people come here for the heavy hitting analysis. So I've got to ask you. Reese's, Kit Kats, Twix. You got to marry one, F one, kill one. Zach, go. I'm marrying Reese's. Okay, so let's just get that off the table right now. I'm I'm marrying Reese's 100% because I can't live without chocolate and peanut butter. Okay. Kit Kat, I am laying down and I am making sweet love to you. Sweet, passionate, just 30 seconds in paradise. Yeah. That's well, 30 seconds is pushing it. We'll go for like maybe 15, 20. Respect. Um, and I'll kill God. Twix. I'll kill Twix. Not because I don't like Twix. I love Twix. And it Twix is the owner of one of my favorite candies, Twix peanut butter. Uh, but regular Twix. This is not Twix peanut butter. That's right. It's chocolate that's and caramel. The thing. Yeah. Because it has the caramel. I gotta I gotta cut ties with you. I'm sorry. I'm putting a knife in your back. All right, Aaron, try and be a little less graphic and disgusting, which I know right. is against your um, nature, but I'm an angel. Um, oh, yeah, no. you could, yeah, there's <laughs> devil horns behind the halo. I got it. Um, <laughs> uh, I gotta agree with on the Mary. I'm definitely marrying Reese's chocolate and peanut butter. That is just, I want that every day for the rest of my life. Uh, uh, for kill, I'm gonna kill Kit Kat. Like you offer me nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Like I, I don't crave one. I don't think about one. I can't tell you the last time I ate one. Cause it's just like, if I'm standing in front of candy, that's like not even, not even in there. Just out of sight, out of mind. Um, Twix. I'd go to town on a Twix. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm regretting. <laughs> Whose idea was this question? Yours. It was yours. Exactly. <laughs> it was. Okay. You brought up the MFK, so all of you. And and Jake, you know why? Oh my and god! Jake, my mom listened last week. She's going to listen to this. He specifically <laughs> asked you to be less graphic, and you did the opposite. So I didn't know how was I supposed to phrase it. Uh, phrasing. Ah, I found it. I got it, guys. I got a hot key for next week. So somebody <laughs> find me an Archer clip. We got to get one. <laughs> All right. So how to respond? You know what? The only reason I did that is because I was listening to a podcast earlier today and they asked a similar question about something else. So that, I guess, concept of MFK was stuck in my head. I blame it on someone else. Go ahead. That's what I do. I blame everything on everyone else. It's never my fault. It's always something else happened. So I am with you guys. I am marrying Reese's. I want that every day, the rest of my life. And I'm even willing to eat it when I am mad at it. So I understand that thought too. Um, I am. <laughs> Why would you ever be mad at it? Yeah. What's chocolate do to you? <laughs> I'm the only married one here guys. So I understand sometimes I love my wife, but sometimes I'm mad at her and like, you know what? It just shit happens as the great Aaron Rodgers. You're, project, you're projecting. <laughs> I'm, I'm projecting yeah, that. Your wife, isn't, your wife isn't an inanimate piece of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fair. I'm going to stop before I make any inappropriate. I was going to say, we're going to, we're going to get the explicit tag here any minute now. So thank you. Both of you. I hate this. Why did I do this? What have I done to myself? Sorry. Sorry. Continue. continue. Okay. I am, I am killing the Kit Kat because a Kit Kat is very similar to like a cookie. And like, if I want a cookie, I want an Oreo. Right. So, or even a Chips Ahoy. Honestly, I don't discriminate between Oreos and Chips Ahoy. I don't care. I'll eat either one, but a Kit Kat is too similar. Now, granted, Kit Kats are good, but you're asking me in this scenario what I would do. Right. And yeah, <laughs> Zach is hanging his head. <laughs> For anyone, far, no one can see it. <laughs> and I'm I'm with I'm with uh, I'm with Aaron on 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 the Twix. I just won't word it the same way because I'm not <laughs> so. There we go, guys. That was our heavy hitter segment for the week. This is the hard-hitting analysis you come to the illusion of complexity for. So thank you for humoring us in that. I apologize for my two children that are that are co-hosts. Even though Aaron's like 35 and still a child. Yeah. I'm 30. She's Actually, like- I'm technically 29 because my 30th birthday was like a week after lockdown happened. So I refuse to acknowledge that I acknowledge turned 30. It. Yeah, she's like 17 years older than me, so that makes it worse. Oh, are you underage then? <sighs> nope, we're not doing that. So, no, Zach is... <laughs> Sorry. Zach, I'm, I'm, think about it, though. I'm 25. So that puts you at 42. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I was How right. Kill both of you. You would be on my kill list. <laughs> I was say, let's do MFK with, with Zach and Jacob. Aaron chooses two kills. Kill. So, stand, kill next, stand next to each other and I got one bullet. <laughs> if Aaron had four bullets and it was Zach and I standing next to Laden <laughs> and Hitler, she would shoot each of us twice. <laughs> is that an office reference? Like it an office is. Reference. It oh, is. I just inadvertently made an office reference then. Okay, I regret it already. God. Can't believe it. Speaking of trash team takes, let's talk about the open book again. Good lord, what is wrong with your co-host? What happened? I missed it. He doesn't watch South Park. I don't either. Okay, well, you have every right to be wrong. That's fine. You're now you're stealing Zach's comments. That's what he said last week. You have every right to your wrong opinion. That's my personal favorite. Uh, Okay, so what else? South Park. He's never seen Tommy Boy. And Simpsons. Mm. He and admitted today he hasn't seen Simpsons. The Simpsons? How? His How? Eli, oh. so, look, look, I, I love your How have you just too. avoided seeing The Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, they've been on for like 600 years. <laughs> yeah. Like they were They're here when Christ was walking the earth. <laughs> they, they've been on for like 80% of Aaron's life. <laughs> They're older right. than I am. Stop it. <laughs> I don't believe you. We're going to have to check that. Yeah, they, someone fact they, they started in like 1989. So somebody get me a producer. Born. Check on that. I need a fact checker. <laughs> he his excuse was that it was before his time, and he said the same thing for King of the Hill. But I was like, that was reruns. the other one. King of the they Hill. run reruns constantly every day. Yeah, there's no, there's no excuse for that. There no, isn't. There's, there's no, no excuse. excuse. We have streaming services. We have on-demand television. We have Amazon Prime. We have Netflix, Hulu, Peacock. Yeah, Simpsons have- is on Disney Plus. Like the whole, the entirety all of the of them, all 8 million episodes. <laughs> yeah. Are, um, yes. I, there is no, Eli, damn you. <laughs> like, right. Well, just, well, let's take it easy. Right? That's my co-host I, you're talking to. I mean, I respect your loyalty, but I will not respect his trash takes. There was something else when it came to food. 
gum. He doesn't like gum. Oh, that part I don't really care about. But... Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't care. I don't care about that. It was just really weird. It's weird. Like, it's a weird <laughs> thing to be like, I hate it. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Like I'm sorry, nothing... Eli. We love you. We're just surprised. We, we love you a lot. It was just like, that was like on like our second or third show. It was like right out of the gate when we first started <laughs> open book. And he just admitted that he didn't like gum. And I was like, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got to tell you, though, when it comes to food take, Zach, it's going to be hard for somebody, anybody you're with, because if they disagree with you, chances are I agree with you. So your food takes are always pretty pristine. That's fine. If they have to fight, if they have to fight me, then that means they're fighting both of us. Right. They're going against right. me and you. So we win. Yep. And we win the game and the fight around here. So it's like 90s with the Pistons. Yeah. Aaron, Pistons. Aaron, what are you rolling your eyes at? I saw that. <sighs> you guys are just weird. <laughs> I don't even know how to handle the weird. She, she says she she walks up to to a, a candy aisle. She looks at everything, and she would take a Snickers. One of the no. first things she would grab is a no. Snickers almond joy. No, that no, no. I you said think, I don't like Snickers. What was it that you like then? Mil- Milky Way. Uh, oh, I, that's, not, that's not my first choice. Oh my I'm just saying I like it more than Snickers. I'm surprised though. Almond Joy is kind of an old people candy. So, I mean, that would seem right up your alley. I'm allergic to nuts. <laughs> I'm allergic to nuts, which bring on the jokes there. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. Moving on. Okay. So, to transition <laughs> to our next topic, this Aaron, weekend, the Packers. Like were there originals too? Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. So, left Sorry. tackle, <laughs> David Boxdiari is injured. And, guys, focus. All right. We're focused. Right here. All right. He's bullying me. He might fit in at a couple different places if that were the case. So, all right, Zach, anyway. we're, gonna have to, we're gonna have to send you back to middle school or something where, <laughs> where you'll fit in again. Were, were you bullied in middle school? Like every who was it? Somebody today was telling me they were bullied every day in middle. It was Nick Scheib said he was bullied every day in middle school. Yeah, that's <laughs> so bad. Me. That made me so sad. <laughs> Poor kid. Poor guy. Yeah, he's already Anyways. got like red hair and everything like that. What do they call those gingers? So he doesn't have a soul, right? Oh come on! What's wrong with you? <laughs> I watch South That's Park. South man. Park. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I know. I got yeah. I I got gingers on souls and stuff. Yeah, I know. I just got the bullying comment. By the way, it just registered in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody. We're there. Okay. Welcome. So the left tackle situation. David Bakhtiari got hurt, and that was one of those where I was like, just turn the damn game off and hit reset or something. Because if this were happening in Madden, that's exactly what I would do. Nope, David Bakhtiari does not get hurt. There are certain things. So when you play Madden, Aaron, I assume you don't. No. No. Okay, Zach, do you play Madden? <laughs> Occasionally. Okay, so you're kind of like me, I would assume, because I don't play it very often. I bought it. I spend 70 effing dollars on it every year, and then I play it for two weeks, get bored when the real season starts, and I don't play it anymore. I haven't played yeah. it in like two months. But I, uh, whenever somebody that's good – so I turn the salary cap off. I got no interest in, I'm not a general manager. I'm not a financial guy. I have no interest in trying to be one in Madden. So I don't care if I can't in real life sign David Bakhtiari, Kevin King, Aaron Jones, and everybody back. Like I just signed them all. And if there's a cool free agent I want, I want to be able to sign him too. I don't care about the rest of that crap. Yeah, me too. But whenever one of my guys like that gets hurt, if Rogers gets hurt or if Bakhtiari gets hurt or something like that, like one of those guys, like if it's, one of the lesser players, nothing against those guys, but I'm not going to turn the game off and start over because they got hurt. But if one of the studs gets hurt, reset button. So unfortunately, real life does not have a reset <laughs> button. And David Bakhtiari is injured. He has a chest injury is what they're calling it. He did not practice today. They're not giving any updates because Matt LaFleur treats injuries like Fort Knox, which is fine. 
whatever. I don't really care, but let's talk about that guys. Cause there are a bevy of not a bevy. There aren't any good options when you're trying to replace your all pro left tackle. Right. I mean, it's not, those don't grow on trees. Good tackles don't grow on trees, let alone elite best offensive tackle in the game. Like David Bakhtiari is the hope is just that he can come back. Even if that's not this weekend, get him back for the stretch run, obviously, because you're going to need him against teams like San Francisco and Tennessee and some of these other teams that have some really good pass rushes. And obviously in the playoffs, should they play Tampa Bay again, Rick Wagner filled in on Sunday and it, it wasn't great. Um, anything compared to Bakhtiari is not going to look great. After that, uh, something that could be talked about this weekend, somebody pointed out today that the Packers posted John Runyon on their, I think it was Savannah, Sab Dean on sports on Twitter at that one. So she said that the Packers had uh, John Runyon as one of their Instagram posts. She said, could that mean that he's going to play? Bakhtiari's not going to. So if that happens, that to me says Elton Jenkins is going to play left tackle. So I guess I'm curious, guys, what would you – because I was very against playing Elton Jenkins at right tackle to start the season, and he did, and you didn't really hear his name a whole hell of a lot. If Bach can't go, Aaron, if you're op- – I mean, you can really configure the line however you want, I suppose. How would you configure the offensive line if David Bakhtiari can't play? That is actually kind of what I was expecting them to potentially do because, because of – I mean, when there were – injuries and previously they were they did a lot of shuffling and Runyon came in and Runyon did really well I don't think we heard his name at all after he was in there so I think adding him to the mix plus you know you want him to kind of get some reps because this is you know possibly your future I, w- I would not be surprised if they if they do do that and um pull Elton out left and then plug Runyon in there okay so that's interesting for that okay Zach how would you plug it Yeah, that was uh what we talked about in open book. Uh, that was actually the the starting five that I listed. Uh, you take Elton Jenkins from left guard, you bump him out to left tackle. Take Lucas Patrick, fill him in at left guard. Corey Lindsay obviously stays at center, and John Runyon, who yeah, when he played in limited snaps earlier this season, he looked pretty <laughs> good in his season debut as a rookie. He was he was pretty impressive. Uh, he fills in at right guard, and you keep Billy Turner at right tackle, where he's been a very pleasant surprise this season and I was the same way with you I did not want to see Elton Jenkins move from that left guard position move him out to tackle um, but the Packers did it and it, it worked it paid off he looked pretty damn good and um, but yeah I think that I think that's your your starting five really moving forward I I felt I felt the same way about Rick Wagner's performance against Tampa Bay the same way I felt about the way Ty Summers filled in against New Orleans uh, when he played those 44 snaps. When Ty Summers stepped in, he didn't do anything great. He didn't do anything phenomenal that really, you know, bounced off the page at you, that really bounced off the tape or anything. But he was serviceable. He looked decent. I felt the same way about Rick Wagner. Now, with Summers, I don't think he can start for you and start multiple games and really, you know, plug that middle linebacker position. I feel the same way about Wagner. He's not going to be able to hold down that left tackle position and protect Aaron Rodgers' blindside for a stretch of games, and especially the stretch that you mentioned going against San Francisco and, and other teams at that point. Um, so yeah, taking Elton Jenkins and keeping him on the left side of the line, I think would be you know different positions, but still he's on that familiar left side where he can still 
uphold and protect Aaron Rodgers' blind side. Yeah, I don't really love any of the options here. Obviously, I you know you mentioned Wagner as somebody who played. He had a couple of really rough reps. He had one where, granted, it is Jason Pierre-Paul, and they're not playing anybody like that this weekend, but. Jason Pierre Paul kind of gave him his lunch on a couple different reps. And it, it's just, it's a tough Can spot I interrupt you right there? Can I interrupt you? Um, notice Jason Pierre Paul probably knows who Bakhtiari is now because he wasn't doing anything against him no. prior to no. his injury. No. So, so he was talking, he was talking a little trash over the week. And I'm like, you know what? He was pretty quiet until Bakhtiari left. Well, hopefully it's something that we can go ahead, Zach. Sorry, and and that's something too I forgot to mention. We have to consider the variables too when when we evaluate Wagner's performance. He was going against a really really good defensive front. Mm-hmm. He, got, he got thrown to the wolves mid game to replace an all pro left tackle. Yep, you know going against a ridiculous fast defense. So yeah, that's really all I had to say about that. Yeah, Word to Forrest Gump. Okay, Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. I mean, yeah, throwing a backup in at any point, people act like, again, I all the time, football's not Madden. You can't just plug players in and say, mm-hmm. go ahead. And it's not just that simple. He didn't practice there all week. And now all of a sudden he's in this game plan where you're facing this vicious front, which is exactly what Tampa is. Jason Pierre Paul's former all pro player, Jack Barrett over him a couple different times too. And now he's picking up stunts and blitzes from Devin White and Levante David. Yeah. That's a tough spot for him to be in. Uh, that being said, if I were configuring the line, I'd probably put Jenkins at left tackle too, just like you guys are saying. I would put John Runyon at guard, and then I'd have, or actually, I take that back. I would put Lucas Patrick at left guard. I would put Lindsley obviously at center, and then I would put Billy Turner at right guard and Rick Wagner at right tackle. I really think that if you have Bakhtiari back and you kick Jenkins into guard, that's their best five combination. They're just not doing that for whatever the reasons are, and that's fine. The Packers are a hell of a lot smarter than I will be. But I'm interested to see how that is. You know, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. David Bakhtiari, if he's injured and out for an extended period of time, like if they have to put him on injured reserve, and even if he only misses three games, that's a season changer. David Bakhtiari, you can very easily argue, is the second or third most important player on this team because of the position he plays and how well he typically plays it. I've talked about this before. I think Packer fans are incredibly spoiled with their – tackle play it's something we haven't talked about a whole hell of a lot but in our life well aaron spans for a little further back but wait i'm only like a year older than you right like what is your birthday like what's your your birthday i'm 28 years old so that puts you at about seven years older than me so you're back (laughs) oh my god no rebuttal okay so what I'm saying is for tackle play for most of our lifetimes, right? It was Chad Clifton for the better part of a decade. And then they almost seamlessly went from, there was a brief sabbatical of Marshall Newhouse. Bleh, and then you have a, God. and then you pretty much went to David Bakhtiari right after that. And the Packers have had, and they had Bakhtiari and Brian Belaga together for a really long time. So tackle play has never been something that's really been a huge issue in green Bay. And we saw what happens when it is everybody, the game that I think of is the, excuse me, Arizona game in 2015, where they have, by the end of the game, I think it was Don Barclay at left tackle and Josh Walker at right tackle. And Aaron Rodgers almost died. And there are some teams that's their tackle situation every week. Maybe not quite that bad, but close to offensive tackle play is hard to find. And the Packers have been very fortunate in being able to do that. So that's what I would do. Guys, we're at the end. We spent a little too much time uh, messing around <laughs> a little bit, I guess, but uh, that's okay. 
you know, that's kind of why you come here, right? It's not necessarily always for the football. It's for the illusion that we might know a few things here or there, but <laughs> Packers Texans, they play at noon on Sunday. Let's do your game picks and why so far since we've been together, we're all and one since we all picked the Packers to beat Tampa Bay last week, Aaron age before beauty. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely think the Packers are going to win. Um, LaFleur has yet to lose two in a row. Uh, I think we got a statement to make. Like I said, I think this was last week was Tampa Bay's statement game um, because they got beat um, in prime time against the Bears that a lot of people don't think are that good. They were embarrassed. Uh, I think Tampa Bay came in and made that statement. I think we have to do the same. Uh, I think I think we are really going to show out offensively. So yeah, I'm I'm taking us and I'm going to say by more than 10 points. All right, I'll let you go again because you are both age and beauty on this podcast. So anything else you want to add real quick? Not that I can say. No, that was my attempt. Yeah, there we go. That was my attempt at a save and it didn't work. No, Zach, what do you got no. in mind? I got the Packers 34-23. I think they they finally generate a good amount of pressure this week. After not being able to get the Tom Brady last week, they just this whole season really their their sense of getting to the quarterback has been really sporadic. And I think of all teams to do this against, I think Deshaun Watson, the guy who has had really back to back his best games of the year without Bill O'Brien since they since they canned him, since he hit the road, the Texans have looked like a, like a different football team. Like I said earlier, they beat the Jaguars. They took the Titans to overtime. Granted, they got just absolutely throttled by Derrick Henry, but really everybody gets throttled by Derrick Henry. Um, they just have to be able to keep him in the pocket, maybe keep a spy on him. That means maybe we could see more Raven Green in the box. Um, it's just It's going to come down to how they're able to knock him off his rocker a little bit, make him uncomfortable and just not let him escape because he can pass wild and he can run wild on this defense, especially with how they've been playing lately. I'm still trying to wrap my head around some of the things that we saw from, from Mike Pettin uh, <laughs> schematically last week. I, I still don't understand some of it. Turn this into uh, a three hour podcast at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, Eli and I tried talking about it on an open book and I, I, I actually got visibly upset. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah, I think they're able to generate pressure and they're able to, to make Deshaun Watson uncomfortable and their secondary is going to reap the rewards of it. So I got the Packers by 11. I got green Bay 41 to 31. I think it's going to be another high scoring affair. The Texans have a lot of weapons. Packers might struggle a little bit in pass protection without him, but the Texans pass rush outside of JJ Watt. There's just not a ton there. And I just, they don't stop anybody. And honestly, I think the Packers can just, they could run the ball. 40 times and win this game too. Like it could be one of those kinds of games behind that without their left tackle. If David Bakhtiari indeed cannot play. So I like green Bay and I think that they win by 10. It's a little bounce back game. We'll probably still have some questions about the defense, but I think that's going to be the way it might be all season long. So we are out of time. Thank you everybody. If you're still listening to us, uh, if you're not at this <laughs> point, I, I don't necessarily blame you either, but that was week number two in the books. Uh, Zach, you can follow him on Twitter at it's Zachariah J and you can catch him on open book every Wednesday. Like he mentioned about 17 times on the show. So he really wants you to watch that show. feel bad for him. <laughs> Only like three people do every week. So you got to check them out. I'm one of both of them are each of their mothers. So I mean, three <laughs> viewers, two moms, that's tough. I mean, I understand that. So we need more people to watch that show. Otherwise I think they might get fired. So at any rate, please, please I'm begging. 
So check that out. And you can find him at Packer Report, obviously, as well, doing some breaking news and a couple articles like sporadically. You don't have anything like scheduled, do you? You just kind of do it as your heart desires. I do. Um, I have one post scheduled for Thursday at 9 a.m. every every week, but I do. You know me, Jacob. I'm a freaking <laughs> machine, dude. I'm a workhorse. Yeah, you pump out content like crazy. It's like you need to get a life. Children. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Aaron. I don't. I don't. I don't know what life means. We do have the life. We're married to the game. Married to the grind. Yeah, married to the hustle. Hundred emoji. Please forget that I said that. And so. the Kit Kat. No, no we're married I to the Reese's. Reese's. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Reese's. Yeah. are all married. To Reese's. Yeah, we all married the Reese's. And a, and a good old. I will, I will fight you all for it, by the way, because Reese's is mine. So I'll take you all to to death. We'll just move to Utah. There we go. We'll become Mormons. Have you guys ever seen the Book of Mormon? No. So it's I, by the guys that wrote South Park. South Park. Yep. So it's kind of a sad story, I guess, but I saw that play the day that Kobe Bryant died. So like, I'll never forget where I was when I saw that play kind of thing. Um, but it's phenomenal. I would strongly recommend it to Aaron. You live in by Chicago. You can go to Broadway and see it. You don't even have to go to Broadway. They don't even play it there all the time anymore. It's worth it. it I mean, funny. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it hasn't been here in a while. I can't just go see it. It's not playing all the time. That's true. It's not like on demand. So we got to get it on. Demand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Zach, I'd recommend it for you too. If they play it out there, just keep your eyes peeled. It's really good. I would, I would check it out. It's, it's pretty funny. I was so watching, the, I was watching the Mormon episode of South Park last night. If that, if that counts. And it's like that, but 10 times funnier. And two hours longer, but you know, whatever. It's a musical, oh, okay. so it's a little different. Aaron, if people want to follow you, find your stuff, everything like that. I'm not 100 percent sure why, but where would you find that? Oh my god! Just pow, pow, pow! All the punches. Um, no, just on Twitter. I know he's the worst. Uh, just on Twitter at at heroin um, with an e at the end and two o's. So. Yeah, H-E-R-O-O-I-N-E. And I do do the social media for Game On Wisconsin, um, mainly on Twitter. So, yeah, Game On W-I. Yep, GameOnWI.com is where you can find our website, Game On Wisconsin on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Game On WI on Twitter. You can find me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. I have no idea why you would want to do that. But if you did, I'd be happy to try and entertain you for a little while. I appreciate your guys' time and all the effort we have. The one thing I do want to point out again, is the Jamal Williams show on Tuesday nights. It is a effort for charity. It came, became a viral thing this week because of his comments, quote unquote on Tom Brady, but that show really is for charity and it is for a toy and bicycle drive for children, underprivileged children. So that's what that shows for. We've raised $4,000 to date. Our goal is 5,000, but we want to blow that thing out of the water. So you have an opportunity to win some really cool prizes and I have another cool one I found out about today, but I can't tell you about it just yet. So once I know about it, I will happily let you guys know. Uh, but once it's in my possession, we will tweet that out. So we have a premier prize coming to the Jamal Williams show for our it's a good one. Stud. It's a good one. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your time. We will catch you next week on the illusion of complexity.